are listening to Chugga Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Pull Across Made Simple. Welcome to episode 7 of Chucka Talk. This is Ryan Murphy. I am outside of my gazebo on a Tuesday afternoon here in New Hampshire in the USA. It's 61 degrees Fahrenheit, 16 degrees Celsius. The horses are nearby and uh, this is my first episode where it's just me talking to myself but I had an idea where I wanted to take some time during this break in polo cross that we're all having and wanted to look at certain tournament formats around the world and discuss a more recent format called multi-horse. The goal of this podcast is to shrink the polo cross world and share ideas on ways to improve our sport. So I thought this might be a great opportunity for me to explain different formats that are out there in the polo cross world, the benefits, the challenges, different sides of the coin. And ultimately, even though I'll be sharing my perspective on tournament formatting, I really want to find out what you think. So I'll be asking for feedback to feature on a future episode. For feedback, you can do it in several ways. You can email me at ryan at polacrossmadesimple.com. You can comment on my Facebook post for this episode. But the best way is to send a voicemail via my sidebar button on polacrossmadesimple.com. And that way you can be heard on the podcast. So if you go to polacrossmadesimple.com, I have a sidebar button that says send voicemail. If you click on that, you can record a voicemail and I can then share it on the podcast. So what I'm doing is by having this discussion and giving my perspective is trying to provoke you to to give feedback. I really welcome that because, like I said, the goal of this podcast is to shrink the polo cross world, bring people together, share ideas. There are things going on out there like multi-horse that might be improving the game and wanted to share different sides of that and find out what you think. Find out if you're, you know, what you're doing and where you live so that we can all work together to make polo cross better and to share in our experiences. So you're a big part of this episode because, like I said, I want your feedback. So... Let's hear from you. That's what I'm asking for as I explain different formats here. I want you to think about your situation, what's going on in your country. What I'd like to start out with talking about is general formatting for tournament. There are different ways that you can set up for number of chukkas, number of games on a weekend. Here in the United States, we tend to have four games that are six minutes, six chukkas for a game. So four six by sixes on a weekend. That's traditionally what happens here in the United States. We are a country where We have to travel the farthest in general to go to a regular tournament. Not to say that Australia isn't a a big country, but but you guys are a little bit more concentrated as far as your your sport. I guess I'm not speaking for all of Australia, but for the most part, within five or six hours, you can get to uh, many tournaments. Uh, Here in the States, the average drive time would be about eight hours to get to the closest club and players travel days to get to a tournament. So the positives of having four games on a weekend would be that there's a lot of polo cross. There's four games that you get to play, and I I feel like that since we're traveling so far, we feel like as Americans that we should get four games, that we should get the most polo cross that we can. But the negatives are travel's hard on the horses. It's tough. You know, being on a trailer, a lot of people work, so 
They show up on a Friday night and they leave on a Sunday. They're not spending a lot of time in between travel and play. So that can be really tough on the horses to spend a day on the trailer on a Friday and then play four full games on a weekend. And I can't speak for everyone, but as you might realize, not everyone comes to pull across with the fittest horse. So we are asking four games of every horse on the weekend. And what happens on a Sunday morning game is that on that third game, some teams have already won their first two games. They're sort of set up for the final. They're on a, on the good track. But those middle teams that are really fighting for, for a placing might really lay it all out on the field. So what happens is for that final game on Sunday, we're not playing on fresh legs. Our horses have already played three full games and a full game on that Sunday morning. And some teams are playing their hearts out, playing as hard as they can. There's no conservation of horses trying to rack up goals because if it's not wins that get you that first place, it might be goals for. That's what happens after there's ties or goals against for those formatted tournaments that don't have a final. So that is a challenge where on Sunday afternoon, horses are not fresh. They're playing a final sometimes. And then guess what? They get put right back on the trailer to go home because everyone has jobs and has to be back to work on Monday. So that's how it is here in the United States. But I'd like to talk about other countries. And then I'd like to thank my good friend, Raul Desai, for putting together this list. Uh, one night he was curious and was texting his friends around the world, finding out what their tournament formats are. So this is what he gathered. In Victoria, Australia, they typically play two games a day, six by sixes. And when I say six by sixes, that's an alternative to four eights that were traditionally played, I'll say back in the day. There were eight minute chukkas and there were four, but it, you know, depending on the bigger games, there might be six or eight, uh, eight minute chukkas for a game in a final. In the United States, we used to play four eight minute chukkas, but we're playing six sixes now. Sometimes in Victoria, they actually play three games in a day, but one of those games, that sort of play in game might be four sixes or each section will play two six minute chukkas. But it's not unusual in Victoria, from what Raul discovered, to play six games in a weekend. Now obviously some of them are shorter, like the four by sixes. In Queensland, he discovered that there are four games on a weekend, four eight minute chuckles. So again, four game weekends. In New Zealand, he discovered there were three total games. There's a knockout in the morning, which is four by eight minutes, and then six by six in the afternoon, and then a six by six on Sunday, which is traditionally either the final or the social if you haven't made it there. In South Africa, there are three six by six minute games on a weekend. So I assume that's two on Saturday and then a final on Sunday. Zimbabwe is the same. Zambia, three games would be ideal, but I think right now they're playing four games on a weekend. Ireland is playing three six by six minute chukkas and four if the numbers force it. But as you can see here, the world in general is only playing three games on a weekend. So there's fresh legs on a final. From what I've experienced in other countries, if you've really earned that spot and you've made the final on Sunday, you get to maybe sleep in on a Sunday morning. Your game isn't until Sunday afternoon. You don't have to wake up at 7 a.m. to get on your horse and, and play in a social. You've earned that right and you play the Sunday final, which is traditionally a very dramatic, exciting game on fresh legs. So I'm speaking about traditional pole across here. Obviously there are instances in nationals where there might be more than six players on a team where there are more horses in general horses and players are subbed in which allows them to play more chukkas 
in a game. And it seems like the current train of thought is that six six minute chukkas is less strenuous on horses than four eights. There's four less minutes played, but there's shorter bursts of play. So I, I wonder, has there been research on this? I don't know. So your feedback would be extremely helpful. If anyone knows the comparison of the stress on a horse between four eight-minute chukkas and six six-minute chukkas, there is a company that I know of that has heart monitors that lets you check the vitals for horses when you're exercising them. Uh, in the States, we're using Apple Watches, but we're using Fitbits where it tracks our heart rate and the calories burned and the distance traveled and all of that. So it would be cool if there hasn't been any research to get six of these devices that typically get strapped onto the girth to really test or to really track the stress on horses as they're playing polo cross. Is it more strenuous to play four eight minute chukkas as opposed to six six minute chukkas? That's a good question. So I wonder if there's been any research out there there's a chance there may have been, so please give me any feedback that you might have on research like that. What are your opinions on four by eights versus six by sixes? Now I'd like to move the discussion to talk about multi-horse. There's a gentleman named Pip Rowland in the UK that wrote a paper about this, supporting the multi-horse tournament format. And he was nice enough to give me permission to read his letter that he wrote backing the multi-horse format. And multi-horse is really meant to up the level of horses in polo cross, to bring up those second horses provide just better horse flesh, more horses that are top quality in general. So I'm gonna read this word for word so that you can really get what I find is, is the best explanation for the reason for multi-horse that I have heard. All right, polo cross has traditionally been described as king of the one horse sports, making it seem very approachable to people that may only own one horse and want to give the sport a go. However, polo cross has changed over the years, and in the higher grades, the sport has become harder, faster, and more physical on both players and horses. This can be seen when simply looking at the progression in the international game between the Australian 2003 and the Australian 2019 World Cups. Anyone that has been in the sport more than 10 years cannot argue that the standard of polo cross in the UK is on the decline, leading to us having fallen behind the larger, more progressive Southern Hemisphere polo cross playing nations. It has been suggested that one of the biggest reasons for this decline is the deficit in horsepower quantity in the UK. Previously, with cheaper international horse transport, import of top polo cross horses from New Zealand and Australia, such as the Lee horses, saw an improved quality in the UK game, helping the UK reach the 2007 World Cup final. Currently, in the majority of UK tournaments, players are limited to competing on one horse throughout the weekend, with a second horse being permitted if a player's primary horse goes lame. The trouble with a one-horse rule is that most people will continue to play their top horse each weekend until it breaks down, goes sour to the sport, or is retired. However, the majority of A-grade players do, in fact, 
own two or more horses. Their second horses are brought to Polo Cross with the intention of being used to umpire on or be used as a spare if their top horse goes lame. Second horses are only played in a select few multi-horse tournaments throughout the year, leading to them remaining as the second horse and often their full potential is not realized. Under our current system, green or second horses are not used later in the season because to do so would disadvantage a team. Might affect a player's selection and the requirement to play a whole tournament can be detrimental to a horse's development. This is the reason for the majority of these second horses being left in their pens throughout the weekend. Many people have a negative attitude towards multi-horse tournaments with concerns centering on the concept of changing the financial implications of the sport. It is argued that it will give players an unfair advantage dependent on their financial status and lead us towards our sibling sport, polo. I argue that the benefit to our sport of increasing the pool of A-grade quality horses outweighs any possible change in perception of the elite end of the sport. The reality is that nothing would really change because even in our present game, people gain an advantage by having more expensive equipment, lorries, and horses than rival teams. It could also be argued that a multi-horse system would even the playing field financially, making it far easier for players wanting to train and bring on their own horses instead of buying expensive ready-made horses. In South Africa, A-graders are now able to ride two different horses throughout all tournaments, thus doubling the size of their A-grade horse pool and the number of quality top horses being played. Implementing this rule for the UK A-grade would have a number of positive effects including but not limited to number one increasing the number of playable horses in a grade with greater numbers of quality horses the uk can progress in the sport of polo cross on an international level as it could host international test match series quadrangulars and world cups more easily and frequently. Two, better quality education of green horses, allowing them to be brought on throughout the season in a positive way without cooking them. Three, top horses would last longer as they wouldn't have to play nine chukkas at every tournament, would not be ridden to exhaustion. The current demands on A-grade polocross horses are significantly greater than that of other disciplines such as horse racing, eventing, and polo. The average flat race is approximately a minute and 30 seconds, and eventing horses compete for approximately 19 minutes at advanced level for a one-day event. Comparing this to the 54 minutes of hard polo cross that our A-grade horses have to go through at every tournament over the course of two days, researched conducted into the increased risk of fracture in racehorses found that rapidly increased distances in canter and gallop in short time periods were correlated with a greater fracture risk and highlighted the importance of loading bones in training gradually to increase tolerance to decrease the risk of fracture. Gameplay is something that is difficult to replicate in training alone and is a cause of serious injury or illness in polo cross where the primary horse goes lame and the second horse is pushed play at a level which has not been asked of it yet suddenly leading the, to heart attack leg fracture and tying up this will not only protect the first horses from overexertion but also help develop the second horses to a safe playable level number four it would also improve polo cross for spectators. Games are currently delayed substantially when horses go lame or lose shoes. With the multi-horse system, players could get on their other horse and carry on playing without the same delay. It is disappointing for teams and their opponents to have to call an abrupt end to a game through simply running out of horses. Finally, it would allow and facilitate the progression of up-and-coming players as top horses could be retired from A grade at an earlier age and become schoolmasters for the up-and-coming 
coming generations. These changes are possible, but it all starts with horses. We want the United Kingdom to be a desirable place for overseas players to visit and progress their game, as well as a place where play is progressing and future generations are guided and helped by senior players with the transition of horses. I propose that the UK A-grade follows in the pathway of South Africa, allowing all A-grade players to play two horses throughout every tournament in the season. If we can get a majority vote within the A-grade community, I believe we can get this rule changed. Thank you, Pip. That was a very well said, well organized letter. Gave a ton of pros for the multi-horse tournament format. Looks like South Africa is leading the way on implementing it for their players. But there is another side to that, right? As Pip started, he said that polo cross is the king of the one-horse sport. What if we did disadvantage players with just one horse? What if certain players that had multiple horses had fresh legs for those multi-horse players? So those players had an advantage, had more fuel in the tank for those final game because they've been playing multiple horses while someone else is just playing one. So, what's changed in your area over time? Has there been deterioration of your sport in your area in polo cross? Why is that? Is that economic? Uh, was talent not refilled at the beginner levels? The sport of polo cross is becoming a more racket forward game all over the world, including Australia. There is something to be said for preparing one horse to play all weekend and to manage the stress levels and energy exertion of your horse to make it to that final game. There has been a tremendous African influence in the sport, the overarm. The UK many years ago switched over to the overarm. The United States used to just be the Australian style and we have recently switched to the overarm. And that game is a different game, not better, not worse, just a different game. The ball is moving more. It's more about racket skills. And don't throw tomatoes at me, but more about racket skills than horses. Uh, think about, for example, the number one in the area scoring a goal. In the African game, it's pretty easy. Don't really have to work the horse too much. Just have to get enough space between you and the three to pop the ball over their head. In the Australian style, in the traditional style of polo cross, the way it was invented, that number one horse had to make space by getting past the number three to do an underarm shot which requires a lot more horsemanship in the area so that's just one example so that's what's happening in our sport even in australia i've been having discussions with some great people around the world and even the australians are saying that it's becoming a more racket forward sport the racket skills are just phenomenal to compete in world cup level it makes sense to implement the african style into your game. The Australians from last year's World Cup team, many of them have played in Africa. We definitely saw some overarms, not that they necessarily needed it, but they have had more experience playing in Africa and I feel like that definitely had an impact on the result of the World Cup. So that's what's happening is that the game is changing. We need to accept that. But I'm a traditionalist and I really like it that it's a one horse sport. Call me old school, but I like it when the horse comes first. When the horse has to be managed properly, there's that sense of pride and having that one horse ready for the weekend. And of course you should have a second horse in case your first horse goes lame. You should be prepared for that scenario. 
that's where I'm coming from. But I see the need for multi-horse. I see the need for bringing up young horses. The game was developed by Aussies using their working horses to go away on the weekend with family. Four family members requires a minimum of four horses. It shouldn't become cost prohibitive like polo where more horses are required to compete. But like Pip said, players are gaining advantages in other ways. More expensive lorries, better trained, ready-made, better bred horses. So advantages are being created anyway. He makes some wonderful arguments for the multi-horse tournament format. So here's the big question. Should multi-horse be used at select tournaments, maybe the beginning of the year? Or should multi-horse be allowed at the upper level games or a general rule change like South Africa has done? I want your feedback. This is all about you. Please send me your feedback through comments on a Facebook post, my email, ryan at polacrossmadesimple.com, and most importantly, by sending a voicemail using the send voicemail sidebar button on my website. I want your feedback. So from my discussions, I've created a format that might be a good compromise to the multi-horse tournament format. I call this tournament format idea three plus one. I think that at least here in the States, this is what I would push for is that we have three games that matter. Two games on Saturday and a final on Sunday morning. And if we wanna play a fourth game that doesn't necessarily count, that would allow the opportunity for that second horse to get some reps, to get some playing time. We'd be playing finals on fresh legs on Sunday morning, which would be awesome, which would be great for our sport. And there'd be more flexibility on Sunday afternoon, that game that doesn't matter as much, where anything goes. Play whatever horse you'd like, you could actually mix up with different teams. But the downside of that, from what I've been told, is that these second horses that you're bringing up, they shouldn't play a full game. They shouldn't be put under that kind of stress. They should play maybe one chuck a game over three or four games like in the multi-horse tournament format. So my compromise with the three plus one format would be so that at least players in my country who think that they're traveling so far, they want to play four games. Again, not saying that's necessarily the best thing for horses, but if they want to play four games, why not have a three plus one format? Now, three plus one has been played here before where teams have sort of agreed informally at the beginning of the tournament that that's how they want to do it to allow other horses to play. But wouldn't it be great if that could be formalized as a tournament format so that the first three games are the traditional one horse sport. But that fourth game, more flexible, play whatever horse you'd like, rest your top horse, switch positions, maybe mix in with other teams might be a great opportunity for that so that's my suggestion so i'd like i'd really like your feedback on that on the three plus one format that i have suggested compared to the multi-horse tournament format so i know there's going to be different sides to this story i know there's going to be different uh, feelings about it i know the polo cross has changed and we need to be ready for that and players like me that have been around for 30 plus years well, i can't say 30 almost 30 years we need to sort of come to grips with that the polo cross is evolving but should it evolve away from the one horse sport should it change to allow a multi-horse tournament format i was speaking to brett Pryor from australia from new south wales and they used to play eight eight minute finals on sunday on one horse with the traditional rules. 
So let me leave it there. Again, I'm asking for your feedback. Please submit some in any way that you can. Thanks for hearing me out. Thanks for listening to the different general formats that are out there. I really want to know what your country does for a general tournament format. How many games? How many minutes are at the chukkas? How many chukkas are being played? Have you tried the multi-horse tournament format? What's the feedback been? What's the buy-in level from players? Should it be limited to A grade? Should it be a rule change across the board? So I really would like your feedback. So thank you for listening to this portion of the episode on tournament formats. And now it's story time with Ryan Murphy. What I'd like to do now is to give you some free content. I'd like to read one of the chapters of one of my books. I am an author. I have a, my website is pullacrossmadesimple.com. I've written three books. First one that I wrote is called Pull Across Made Simple. It's a handbook on the basics of pull across. The last book that I wrote is called Player Coach, My Brand for Success. That is all about coaching a team for pull across and also a general leadership book. But the middle book that I wrote is called Champion, The Guide to Becoming a Great Pull Across Player, where I share my experiences Throughout my career, I was fortunate to have the foreword of that book written by the famous Joy Poole from New South Wales, a real leading player, legend in the sport of polo cross, a mentor of mine, a tremendous horse lady, horse breeder. So I was very fortunate to have Joy write the foreword for that book. Champion has seven chapters. The one that I'm going to read for you is called humility allow room for growth that's the first chapter the second chapter is called get fit the third chapter is decide party or not to party chapter four be all about the horse chapter five play up and travel chapter six don't cheat instead spend your energy on playing well chapter seven a few quick tips so those are the chapters of champion but for today i'd like to give you some free content So I'm going to read chapter one of the book Champion. It's entitled Humility, Allow Room for Growth. Ego is one of the biggest blockades of growth, period. Can you think of a player you know with the ego of a prize-fighting boxer? Those with huge egos are usually the players that have had a little bit of experience, maybe traveled abroad once or made a state or national team, and all of a sudden become uncoachable. Most likely, this player is number one. (laughs) As a coach, I've experienced the player above. After returning home from a junior tour abroad, this person actually said to me, I don't need your coaching anymore. While coaching a U.S. team, I experienced a player who broke down crying before practice when her favorite horse from our pool was going to be ridden by a teammate. In international tests, the days before the match are comprised of practices to determine the best horse and rider combinations. I chose to try another rider just in case it was necessary for the team. I've experienced the selfish, ego-driven teammate. This person wanted the best horse for herself when in fact that horse could have allowed a much better playing combination for the team. Now that I've painted a picture for you, let's look at how this could halt a player's growth. First, if you're already too good, there's zero room for growth. As a top player here in the US, I experienced many wins. I was a member of the best teams in the country in my earlier years and later became a big fish in a little pond as top player in my zone. That zone had many young up and coming players. In the times of my early dominance, I was constantly bombarded with compliments leaving the field. It's easy for ego to be inflated and I was guilty of of absorbing it. Despite this, there was never a time during those games that I didn't look up to a particular teammate in shame when I made a mistake. A really stupid play. Robbie Shuttles was the person I always held on a pedestal, and I still do, as a sounding board 
during play, and in between chukkas. I always yearned for guidance and always wanted to learn from my mistakes. As the big fish in a little pond, it's quite easy to win with a game full of sloppy, low percentage plays. I always knew there were areas in which to improve. Always be willing to ask, in what ways can I improve? Another reason ego impedes growth is that you're probably too busy being selfish to be thinking of your teammates. Praise is the lifeblood of a successful team. Mistakes are made and you need to be there for your teammates when they get down. I've witnessed the frustrated player who comes off the field pouting and throwing things like a five-year-old, losing sight of the fact that things need to be discussed with his teammates and adjustments need to be made. Suck it up and think about what can change for the better. Put it all behind you and think about what you're going to improve in the next chukka. In the beginning, I mentioned a prize fighter. In his defense, boxing is a one-person sport, but polo cross is a team sport. At the top, most competitive levels of play, it's difficult for a one-man show to win a game, and it's almost unheard of that each player is having the best game of his or her life. That prima donna player will always keep your team from reaching its maximum potential. I've witnessed a top coach refuse to pick a player because of his overbearing ego. Let me say that even the top players in the world, despite their achievements, understand the value of coaching and advice. There is always some area in which they can improve or some angle they haven't discovered in getting an edge on their competition. So please keep your ego in check and begin asking more from your better players and coaches. Show them your humility and maybe they'll give you an honest assessment of your play. A great humbling tool is a video camera. Start to beg and plead a friend to record your play. Most people won't admit their mistakes, but the camera doesn't lie. Thanks for listening to an excerpt from my book, Champion, The Guide to Becoming a Great Polo Cross Player. I wanted to share that free content so you can have a glimpse into that book. My books are written from experience over many years of polo cross, and I think that humility is one of the most important characteristics of a great person, let alone polo cross. Humility will save you in so many cases, from your marriage, your relationship with other people, showing some humility. And like I said, most importantly, humility will allow room to grow. I was told one time that a grown-up is someone who's done growing. So I never want to be a grown-up. Maybe that's just because I am the son of Doc Murphy, who will never become a grown-up. But grown-up is someone who's done growing. So continue to grow in your polo cross, have humility, ask for help, find ways to improve, never get ahead of yourself. There will always be someone that can put you in check. They may not be located in your club or your country, but I can tell you they're out there and I've played against them. So have humility. Thanks for listening. Here on Chugga Talk, we'd appreciate your feedback. Have you enjoyed the show? Do you have questions or comments? Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. For a chance to be featured on the show, leave me a voicemail by finding the Send Voicemail sidebar button on PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. For more PoloCross coaching, go to PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even on how to become a great coach. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a good one. Thanks.